been able to impart the word of God um, and share, you know, what God is doing in my heart, but not just for me, but for, for the body of Christ, right? Because that's what we're created for. That's what we're, we're made, not just for ourselves, um, to shine bright, right? But for the world, right, to see the church alive and active. So I'm going to take uh, this a moment just to pray for this word because I do believe that God is going to speak to the hearts of the students at SUM, not just in this room, but the SUM students at SU, you know, all around the world, all around the world. There's uh, no time like now to accept the calling of God and to be used by him for what he called us to be used for. So let's pray. Oh, Father God, I just thank you so much for your son, Jesus who died on the cross for us and our sins, Lord God, who left us a helper, the Holy Spirit, to abide in us, to be in us all the days of our lives to the end of, to the, end of the age, leaving us a helper, an advocate, a, someone who would guide us and lead us and teach us and correct us and rebuke us, Lord God. We thank you. We thank you for that intimate presence that you left with us. Oh, Father, I just pray that as this word comes forth, that the hearts of your people would be open, that their minds would be opened, oh God, that their ears would hear what the Lord is saying, that their hearts would receive the love of the Father the way that he intended it to be given. Father God, I pray that the renewing of the mind would come forth with your word, Lord God, that lives would be transformed, not just for the glory of man, but for your glory, oh God. So, Lord, I thank you for this time. It is an honor and a privilege to be able to speak your word, Lord God. And I pray that you would have your way, Father. Every word that comes from you, that it would just be uh, embedded into the hearts of your people, Lord God. And anything that is not of you, Lord, let it fall. Let it fall to the ground. Let it roll off the shoulders, oh God. In Jesus' name, Lord, have your way. Amen. The title of my message is Vessels of the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit was with us from the beginning. Just like Jesus, just like God, right? The Trinity. So when we look at the Holy Spirit, we see that its function in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, was upon those that God chose, right? He didn't give the Holy Spirit to everyone, but he gave the Holy Spirit to those that he saw faithful, that he saw would be the ones that would be used for him. But not only that. The Holy Spirit manifested through many other things, like a donkey, right? Spoke through the donkey, um, just through different beings. It didn't, it didn't have to be someone who was pure and, you know, upright, righteous all the time. See, because God doesn't have favorites. His creation is his creation. He takes pride and honor in his creation. And though... Some of us may choose to go and operate in different ways. The Holy Spirit will use us as he sees fit for those around us. So whether it's a donkey to stop a king and say, hey, 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 you better go speak that word. As much as he's trying to run away, if it's a whale to swallow up Jonah, a prophet, you know, whatever it is, God will use it. So we see in the Old Testament, we have the four pro you know, major prophets and the minor prophets, which... Just a little teaching here, you know, I'm sure you guys have seen or read or heard it, but 
the major or minor prophets doesn't mean that they're big or small, right? It's just the books are more lengthier. They go more in depth. They teach more about destruction, and it's more, you know, um, in depth, okay? And then there's the minor prophets who God used as well. So we see in the Old Testament that the Holy, that the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. And that's found in Genesis 1-2. I'm going to just go through some scriptures here. No need to put anything up right now. Um, in Exodus 31-3, Spirit of God filled a craftsman with wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. In Numbers, you know, all through Numbers, there's 70 pro who prophesied when the Spirit was put on them. The Spirit comes on Balaam and gives the prophets blessing. Spirit was on Joshua, who will replace Moses. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon Nathaniel. The Spirit of the Lord clothed Gideon. The Spirit of the Lord caused Japheth to pass through Galilee and Manasseh. The Spirit of the Lord began to stir in Samson. The Spirit of the Lord enables Samson to tear apart a lion. It's a common theme here. The Spirit of the Lord helped. The Spirit of the Lord came upon. Many places it says it came upon. Came upon mightily on David and departed from Saul. The Spirit of God came upon the messenger of Saul. And they also prophesied. Spirit was upon the prophet Isaiah. Holy Spirit entered Ezekiel, entered Ezekiel again. Common that he came upon an individual that God chose. But when we look at the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, in John 15, 21, you can go ahead and put that one up. John 15, I'm sorry, 14. John 14, 15 through 21. He says, if you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. There's a lot being said there. But it tells us that God promises the helper. He promises that he'll be with us, right? And that's a continual thing we'll see throughout the Bible, that God will not forsake us. He will not abandon us. He will not leave us orphans. He doesn't leave us empty-handed. He doesn't just throw us on earth and say, all right, go ahead and figure it out, you humans. No, he leaves us help. He leaves us guidance. He leaves us commands. And if we love him, those commands do not become burdensome. Those commands do not become rules. They, not, they do not become just a job. They don't become just a box that you need to check off of your list of things to do for the Lord on, one, on a certain day. They become something that you, that you love to do. 
that you love to do. You wake up in the morning and you love to know that God is with you and you thank him for that. You walk through your day and when you hit the wall, you say, God, thank you because though this wall's right here, you're still with me. God continuously walks through, through with us. Further in scripture in Acts 1, 1 through 8. See, Jesus told us all this. I'm going to my father. I am with my father. You're with me. I'm with my father. Therefore, the father's with you as well. But then in Acts, he says, in my former book, Theopolis, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was, was taken up to heaven. This is now about Jesus. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. Now this is when Jesus rose again. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. When he rose on that third day, he spent 40 days with his disciples. Even then, they were astonished when they saw him. They were like, hey, is that really you? Hold on a second. I got to touch your hand to make sure because, you know, I don't know. Right? They were astonished. But listen, we read these stories about the Bible today and we're like, well, duh, I would have believed it. Well, honestly, we probably wouldn't have. We probably would be just as surprised as they were. So thank God for the Bible. Thank God for the scriptures. Thank God for the Holy Word because we can, because of their faith, have faith ourselves today. We don't need to see Jesus like they did to know that Jesus is who he says he is in us today. We don't need to see the Holy Spirit to know that when we're facing the hardest times in our lives or when we're celebrating the most victorious times of our lives, the Holy Spirit is there to give us the joy, true joy that lasts forever. Not a joy that is temporary, that makes us happy just for a moment and then sad the next. But this is a joy that is forever. Because no matter what may come your way, no matter for those who are backsliding or have backslided or have gone astray, they could never deny the joy that they experience with the Holy Spirit, though they can pretend that they don't have it. See, the Holy Spirit, when God gave him to us, when Jesus left us the helper, he came upon us as we believed and we accepted to be born again in the Spirit. And when we, received that, when we received that gift, God didn't take that gift back like he did in the Old Testament. He came upon people, but with us, he dwells in us. He doesn't take us away. Now, if we choose to suppress the Holy Spirit, walk away, and turn from God, that is our causing. That is what we do. That is a choice that in our free will, we decide we're going to do. But we could never say the Holy Spirit is not in me once it's been in you. You can pretend all you want. We can fake it till we make it all we want. But the truth is that the day of destruction will come, either on or earth or on judgment day. The day of destruction will come. And I'm telling you, SUM students, that you are called by God that you have accepted a call to walk in fear and trembling before a holy God who has given you the greatest gift anyone could ever have. Not only Jesus, salvation through Jesus Christ, but the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us through life. Don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep on your calling. 
and then wake up and say, oh, that was just a dream. Let me keep on going this way because now I think it's this way. Don't fall asleep. Don't miss a step. Do not waste your God-given time here on earth thinking for yourself, what am I going to do? I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it that way. Do it God's way, and I guarantee that as much as it hurts sometimes to do it God's way, you will be blessed with the results. But when you come against God and you don't do it his way, wrath comes. Wrath follows. It really, truly does. He said, he appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Not to be confused with salvation. When you are saved, you are born again in the Spirit. When you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, that does not you know, automatically mean like, okay, now I'm, I'm sealed, I'm secure. Friends, we can fall away. Anyone can fall away. It takes one grip one foothold from the enemy, however that may come, however that may look, is different for each one of us. It could be in a, a little slight offense. Nobody pays attention to me. It could be, I deserve that A. I didn't get that A. It could be, my paper was better than theirs. It could be, I work harder in the ministry. I'm there till the, we come in the morning, till we close at night. And this person comes in for an hour, and they're being more exalted. My friends, it's not worth it. Who has God called you to be? Don't focus on others and their downfalls. Focus on you and your relationship with God for the sake of of others not for your selfish self not for yourself to hey it's all about me 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 get out of yourself get out of yourself and think about the body who is suffering because parts of it ain't doing its part parts of the body are trying to stay at home the arms like i'm gonna stay home today you ain't gonna function right if you go without the, with the rest of the body Then they gathered around him and asked, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom? Questions that should be asked. Because guess what? We're human. We don't know all things. Right? We may look at this person and be like, how, how could you ask God that just keep walking? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I ask a lot of questions. And there's times where I need to get rebuked several times before it's like, do you get it now? Yes, Lord, I get it now. I'm going to stop doing that. You know? I think I know better. God have mercy. God have mercy on us who think we know better. We know God and that's enough. If we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, that is enough. The conviction that comes upon us when we're making the wrong turn is enough. Now, if you accept it and you, res you respond to that conviction, that's what makes the change on the right path. But when you ignore that conviction and you call it, oh, that's just my thoughts. 
oh, that's just, no, nah, I don't think Jesus is saying, I don't think the Holy Spirit is telling me to stop smoking or to stop drinking or to stop, you know, watching porn or to stop, you know, having sex outside of marriage. I don't think the Holy come on now, common sense in the Bible, right? Maybe not common sense in the world. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. See, here he's clearly telling them, you got work to do. We're not working for our salvation. We all know we're saved by grace. But we are to be used by God for his glory. For his glory, we have been given the Holy Spirit, a gift that is for all, a gift that God can use us in any situation, at any capacity that we are in. Whether we're preaching to one or 1,000, God can use us. Whether we're on the streets or in a church or in a stadium, God can use us. The question is, are we ready to be used by him? Is your heart right now pure for him? We can call the sinner for being the sinner, but when you look at a Christian who's acting like a sinner, what do we do then? Do we just say, oh, they're saved. They'll be all right. The Holy Spirit will convict them. It is time to get up and put to sleep those false prophets. So the true prophets of God need to stand up and begin to speak his word for the word that he has put in us. When we walk by truth, we speak the truth. When we live by truth, we act the truth. And that is what this world needs today. But not only the world, you know what, the world is what it is. We live in a fallen world. The church needs that today. Whatever church you're from needs to know that you have decided to follow Jesus in the fullness of what God has given you with the convictions of the Holy Spirit so that you will not fall astray and hold those accountable who aren't doing likewise. It is time to call out the false Christians. It is time to call out those who are saying, I'm a believer, but I believe in abortion. God have mercy on you. I'm a believer, but I, I agree with this agenda because this agenda is fighting for human rights. Well, didn't, don't you know that the creator of all humankind is saying that that is wrong? Are you not listening? What spirit are you listening to? That is one of the gifts of the spirit, right? To discern between spirits, to distinguish between them. How can you distinguish between something if you're so full of the world? If you're so full of the world, anything will lead you astray. But when you're full of the word of God, the distinguishment ain't hard. The discernment ain't hard. It comes like this and you know already what spirit you're dealing with, whether it's yours, whether it's the devil's, whether it's a demon. You know what you're dealing with. In 1 Corinthians 14, 1 through 5, it talks about the spirits. Follow the way of love and eagerly, eagerly desire gifts of the spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. 
Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. Now, am I saying that speaking in tongues is wrong? No, not at all. It's equally, the same, it's equally needed for our time with the Lord. I don't know about you guys, but when I spend time with God and I speak in tongues, a lot of what I had to bring to him kind of leaves. And all I needed was to hear his refreshing word over my life for all those things that didn't disappear. They're still there. But what I receive from the Holy Spirit, what I receive from the Spirit as I speak in tongues is strength for myself, is courage for myself to go through, to help through, to solve whatever it is, or to believe the victory or the blessing that's coming forth. Serving God isn't always, you know, uh, dark days and gloomy nights. No, it isn't. There are some glorious times in the presence of God. Praise the Lord. There's so many things we can be thankful for. So many blessings that come our way. So many miracles that each one of us have experienced in one way or another. That we can be thankful for. But even then, when those hard times come. It almost seems like we forget those days. And we forget the power of the living God that lives in us, within us. So to, to be a prophet, to speak in a prophecy, and in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, it is to edify the church, to build up the people of God, to warn them and tell them, stop doing what you're doing or the wrath of God is coming, or hey, keep doing what you're doing because you're glorifying God. We're going through the whole book of Revelations on Sunday service here at MPI, and we're seeing that back to back. We're seeing the consequence of our choices and what we and what we make individually. Now, this is where the body of Christ is, many, is, is, is filled with many parts. But it has the same spirit. And it has the same, um, we serve the one body. It's the one body with many parts. And it's the, but it's the same spirit. Right? We don't go and think otherwise. Like, the function of whatever part it is, is still in line with the one spirit. So as the body of Christ in the whole entire world, we need to operate as one and be one in mind. And that is the mind of Christ and Christ alone. We need to be so lost in him that when we start thinking in our own way, when we start thinking in our own way, we can turn back and say, yeah, that's not, that's not God right there. That's not God right there. Praise God. So what are we? We are vessels of the Holy Spirit. Vessels are containers or some kind of thing that holds something in it, right? The human body's blood vessels circulates blood throughout the body to carry oxygen-rich um, blood away from the heart, and then another vessel to carry carbon dioxide-rich blood to the heart. Now, we all know that if we don't have a heart beating in our chest, we don't live. We're dead. We're done. So praise God for those vessels that keep the heart pumping. 
When you look at the body, at the human body, you see a lot of vessels going through the body. I was looking at some pictures. It was pretty interesting. But all that blood is flowing, and it has its role, and it has its rotation. And as the body of Christ, we are vessels. We are allowing the blood of Christ to flow through us to every single part of the body in the world, not just here. We are not the only part of the church. We are not the only church in America that serves God with its whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. There are many churches out there that do the same. But at the end of the day, it comes to this. As an individual, part of the body, are you doing your part as being the vessel of the body? Are you allowing the blood to flow through you to those around you so the body of Christ can be built up? So that the Holy Spirit that is in you when you said yes to Jesus, when you repented of your sins and said, I will do that no more, I will sin no more. Are you allowing that Holy Spirit to use you wherever you are? If you're a nurse, if you're a doctor, if you deliver mails, Amazon, if you deliver food and do groceries for others, whatever you do, if you're scrubbing toilets, if you're serving at the church, whatever it is that you're doing, are you doing it as a vessel of the Holy Spirit being ready, ready to be used by God at any moment? When you're used by God, God can tell you, go lay hands on the sick woman. She's going to be healed. Are you ready? Is your mind so full of God that when you hear him say that, you discern it's the spirit of God. And you say, I'm going to go over there and lay hands on that sick woman because God said so. You could be sitting at your work as a receptionist doing your doodles. And God can stand up and say, that person right over there needs to hear from me. Go over there and speak. But God, what am I going to say? Go over there and speak. Because he didn't tell us what we're going to say. Are we now just going to sit there and say, nah, I don't know. When you're confident in the God who made you, who made you new, who said the old has gone and the new has come. When you're confident in that, you walk over there and when you open your mouth, you know that the very God who sent you will give you the words to speak. It's not about us. It is not about us. We are mere vessels being used by God for his glory to bring back the church to build up the church. It is sad to see how many think in such a way out way. Yesterday when we were evangelizing out in the south side, we spoke to this woman. I said, are you going to live forever? She said, yeah. I looked at her and I was really, this is the first time I asked somebody that and they actually said yes. And I looked at her and I was like, did you just say yes? And <laughs> she's like, yeah, I'm going to live forever. And I said, name one person who has lived forever. She was like, <laughs> my grandma. And I was like, okay, how old is your grandma? Like 110? She's like, she's 100. And I said, honey, hate to break it to you, but your grandma's going to die one day. She's going to die one day. We're all going to die. This world is temporary. I said, if that's what they taught you in your grandma's church or in your mother's church, that is a false teaching. That is not true. If that is what you've received, I'm here to help you understand that that is not true. There is a day that will come, the end of this life here on earth, and you will face judgment, and you will see Jesus face to face. And every knee will bow and confess that Jesus is Lord. And she was just, you know, mind blown. But this is the kind of stuff that we're dealing with right now. These are the kinds of people that we're seeing, the fruit that we're seeing from the churches around the world, around in America at least. I mean, China's doing pretty well, and you know, they're doing pretty well because they don't have the privileges we do. They don't have the fancy cars. Even the most brokest person in America has a fancier car than anybody in a third world country. 
their fanciest house out there looks like something, you know, under our viaducts here in, in, um, in Chicago, a tent that people decide to live in because they refuse to pay the rent here. It looks better. We are so privileged in this country. We have so much freedom in America, in this country. We ought to be ashamed if we're sitting at home, spending an hour in prayer with the Lord, and then calling it Christianity. Prayer and going out and sharing what God has done with you in your prayer life is what makes Christianity what it is is what spreads the gospel. How can you spread something if you don't move it from one place to another? Take it with you. I'm going to go to Jeremiah 18, 1 through 4. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. He said, go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house. I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter, the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. We are all jars of clay. God is forming us. He's, he's forming us. He's shaping us. And the moment that we think we could turn around and say to the potter, what are you doing, is the moment that we become marred. That's the moment that our pot doesn't get complete. So later in the scripture, he says he, he, he takes that pot apart and he starts forming another one. He starts forming in another way. Listen, we are being shaped by God. But God is not a, a rapist. He doesn't force us to do anything outside of, his, outside of his will or our choosing. When he is shaping us and we decide, oh, that hurts too much. Nope, 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 stop, 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 stop. He's going to stop. But you're going to be half done. And you can't blame your half done on him. Because you couldn't endure or persevere through whatever it was that he was trying to shape you through. And there's consequences to that, though. When we say no to God, it's our free will to do so. But when we do that, there is a consequence that comes behind that. And it is not a God-filled result. When we do things for the Lord, no matter how much it hurts, the result is glorious. And when we go to that result, the end picture, so to speak, we see beauty. Right? He turns our... our, our um, let me not go there because I didn't remember that one. <laughs> but he is doing something in each and every SUM student. And, I'm, and this, is, this is, anybody can take from this. But listen, SUMers, you have accepted a call. Okay? Your call is to be a servant of all. Your call is to be ready for anything, to be ready to be used by God at any moment, in any way, and to do it with a joyful heart. Your call is to do the work of the ministry. Because if not you, then who? Right? There was a day when you came to this place and you heard God speak to your heart and say, not this place in particular. I'm talking to SUM all around. 
God speak to you, hey, you're being called to the ministry. Now it's up to you today to decide whether that calling that you accepted was just out of like heat, like, oh man, this is so exciting, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Okay, I'm going to do it. Or was it a call from God? Because that will make a difference. God didn't use everybody in the Old Testament, but he used some. He chose them. And by you saying yes to God through SUM, you said yes. I mean, yes to SUM, right, because God called you. You said yes to God. That is a commitment. That is a commitment that you made. And you made that commitment to do it in excellence. When you're serving in your church, you're not serving man, but you're serving God. That alone right there should put a pep in your step, should put some joy in your heart. Hey, I need that toilet clean. Yes, here I go. Let me go get that scrubber. I mean, I, I did it. I did it. I, cleaning was my favorite thing to do, though, so I didn't have a problem with it. You know what I mean? But, you know, with the things that I did have a problem with doing, I had to get through grumbling. I had to get through fussing. And God, because I trusted God, and I knew that he wasn't going to hold it against me. He wasn't going to count my wrong. Oh, look at Tina. She's grumbling. Cast her to hell. That's not the way he's working today. Praise God. God has mercy today. So in our foolishness, he's still willing to say, okay, okay, just you'll be all right. Right? But the moment that we decide to quit, the moment that we decide, oh, I think I misheard God. He didn't call me to do this. He called me to do that now. Now you're over there building houses instead of building the church. If you're not doing what God has called you to do, you're doing it wrong. The only one who could know what God has called you to do is yourself. And you find that in your intimacy with the Lord, in your intimacy with the Holy Spirit. That's where you find that calling. And when that calling is sealed in your heart, nothing or no one can shake it. The whole world can go up in flames, but that calling remains because God has given it to you. That is how tight you hold on to that calling. And that is how much more you move forward. You move forward with fire, knowing that he is the one that's going before you. He's the one that's behind you. He's the one that will keep you on that straight path. That word, for I will hide his word in my heart that I might not sin against him. Those are not just a fairy tale in a book. Those are the words of God. Those are words that were prayed by an amazing man of God. And that's something that you can see later that God responds. Do you hear God responding to you? Because if you don't, then you're already having a problem. There could be times where you don't know what God is saying. But you will find out if you keep seeking him. Because God won't speak to you in a moment right away if, if he needs you to wait. If he's telling you to wait and you're still asking the same question for another hour, he, he's going to make you wait. That's just it. But that's part of building your relationship with God. That's part of who we are as Christians. We trust him. We go when he says go. Abraham went when he told him, leave this town and just go. He's like, where am I going? Just go. Okay. Pack up family. Let's go. He went, made a way. Every single place he went. That is not easy. That is not easy when God tells you, get up and go. If, the, if, if you know, nowadays, praise God, we have leaders and they can affirm some words because sometimes we can get crazy. We can wake up one morning and be like, well, God told me to get on a plane and go to Africa. And the church is like, but when did he tell you this? You know what I mean? The church leaders, because that's what they're there for. They're there for your good. They're there because they are your covering, right? They're, they're praying for you. They're interceding for you. And when you look at that person and say, nope, 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 this is what God told me to do, and I'm going to do it 
whatever you say is whatever. So then God really called you to where you were at. You know, there's so many ways that this can get sticky. There's so many reasons why the church in America has fallen away and fallen apart. And it's because they rely on their own thinking. They trust their own thoughts. And they're following their own ways. And it is time for us to rise up and be the church in America and take back what has been given out so falsely and what has been given out so poorly. We need to do it right. We are God's perfect masterpiece. We are God's good thing. We are what the world needs. They need to hear the truth and hear it in full. And we are the vessels that God has created to be filled with the Holy Spirit to move in power. In Jeremiah 22.9, it says, um, because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord, their God, and have worshipped and served other idols. Okay? Because they've done these things, they've ex they experienced wrath in that time. Then in the time of Jeremiah, see, Jeremiah was a man of God who was called by God, and he was like, I'm too young for this. Like, I can't even, am I really hearing you? Like, I don't want to do that. Like, I want to get married and have kids and all these things. And, you know, I'm just giving it to you the way that I've received the story in my, in my visual, right? And God's like, no, this is what you're going to do. And he explains to him how he's going to do different things. And he's going to these people, and he's telling them, he's warning them. He's warning them about what God wants them to do. He's giving them options. He's telling them, hey, either you do it this way, God's way, or you don't. But if you don't, this whole place is going to get flipped. Like, I'm going to destroy it. God's going to destroy it. But if you do, God will save it, will spare it. That's, that's a common thing. It's like salvation. If you accept God and you do his will, you will be spared. If you do not accept God and don't do his will, you will receive the consequence, which is hell. That's not meant for us. We must focus and keep our eyes on Jesus. Because he is the author and perfecter of our faith. He didn't leave us abandoned. He left us a helper. And the helper is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is ready to use us. But he's trying. He wants to find hearts that are clean and you know, faithful, and even then he'll still use whatever he needs to use to get his word across. He stopped Paul in the middle of the road. He'll use anyone, right? There's, um, one second here. We need to be sure and to, you know, another thing is to not think so highly of ourselves that we won't fall. That's another scheme. See, it can go, the schemes of the enemy can go very high or very low. Some people are very easy to lead astray. Some are very difficult. And they might even come through the very things of God that he will lead you astray with. Right? Getting you too busy. Go do this. Go do that. Go here. Go there. Oh, you can do that. You can do this. God will give you strength. The Holy Spirit's moving in you. Look at you. You're just a busy body. And then what happens? You burn out. You burn out because you thought that doing the work of the Lord is what, what will please him. What will please God is to do the work that he called you to do, that he put in your path to do. That's it. That's what will please God. Whether it's to be 
you know, um, in Elevate for youth ministry or Wednesdays for kids ministry or to run your own life group. Some people can do all three, and that's because God has given them that to do, and they have heard from God to do those things. But some people can't, and they see them doing it, they're like, well, they can do it, I can do it. No, don't look at others and look at what they can do. Look at yourself and what God wants you to do. Because when you get too busy, you burn out. And what good is a burnt out Christian in this time? No good. No good at all. I'm too tired. I can't get up for this. I'm running late because of that. I'm, you know, too busy with this one and I got to do that one. And then they counter across each other and you're like, whoa, how am I going to straighten this out? Now I have a whole, you know, tangled up wires here. How am I going to spread out these vessels? And it takes time to separate them and put them what they are. And eventually people get tired of trying to untangle the wrapped up cords and they just toss them on the floor. Don't toss you're calling on the floor. Know what God wants you to do today. Know what it is that he's calling you to do and how you can be a vessel of the Holy Spirit to be used for his glory. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Let's all stand. If I can um, just, yeah, have the keys. We're going to go ahead and just pray because I truly believe that Especially, you know, towards the end of the year, we start finding ourselves. Some people are fine. Some people are doing great. They're like, man, I've got this. I'm doing well. Praise God. But, you know, in these times, we're just running. And we forget what we're running for. We forget what the purpose is. We forget what the goal looks like. Don't forget what the goal looks like. Fix your eyes on the cross. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He is, the again, the author and the protector, perfecter of your faith. And he's called you to do his work. He's called you to be his vessel, to be used by him. There are women and men who need to hear what God is saying through you. And if you are not filled with the word of God and you are not able to, to hear what God is saying to you, you are of no benefit to the body. You are of no benefit. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Father God, I thank you for your word today. I thank you, God, for who you have called us to be. Lord, you have called each person in this place, in this room, and watching God online through SUM chapels, Father God, you have called each one for a purpose. You've given them a plan and a purpose. Oh, God, I pray that they would hear you clearly. God, I pray that you will take them back to that day, to that moment, to that moment that they heard from you, that they would evaluate themselves, that they would come to you in your presence. And hear from you. God, if they are weary and laden, Father, I pray that you give them rest. If they are thriving and victorious, I pray, Lord, that you give them wisdom. That you give them knowledge that comes from you. That you give them your words, your way, your dreams, your goals. Father, I pray that they would surrender all their victories and all their stresses to your feet. Lord God, saying... This is life is not my own. It belongs to you, God. What shall I do with it? How shall I use this gift? How shall I be used by you? 
Oh, Holy Spirit, come. Come and invade our hearts. Come and invade our minds. Holy Spirit, come and remove any unclean thing. God, we want to be used by you, but if we're not right, if we're not right before you, Lord, I pray that you would make us right, God, before you use us, Lord. That we would not make your holy word a defiled thing, oh God. That we would not blaspheme the name of Jesus. Oh, Holy Spirit, come and have your way. Speak to us, Lord. Speak to the hearts of your people. Speak to the hearts of those who say they are Christian and have accepted a calling from you. Show us what that looks like. What does it look like to be called by you? What does it look like to live for you? whether they're mothers and fathers, whether they're students, whether they're children living in their home or young adults living in their homes, Father God, whether they've been abandoned and are orphaned in this world, Lord God, what does it look like to live for you? Show us, Lord. Show us, God. Show us how you are the father to the fatherless. Show us how you are our strength in our weakness. Show us how you lead us and guide us through every time in our life, whether it's good or bad, how you're there to rejoice and how you're there to comfort us when we cry. Show us, Lord. What does it look like to be an engaged woman? What does it look like to lead the youth? What does it look like to lead a life group? What does it look like to run a whole church? What does it look like, God? Show us through your eyes. Strengthen us, Lord. Jesus, you are worthy. What does it look like to be equipped by you, God? Ready at any moment to be used by you as a vessel of the Holy Spirit. What does it look like to lay hands on the sick and they are healed? What does it look like to set a captive free? What does it look like to say no to something that we want to so good so greatly say yes to but you say say no and we want to say yes God what does it look like when we say no how does it feel God oh God that we would step outside of ourselves that we would see the greater picture Lord what does that greater picture look like when we say yes to you in obedience oh God and the world is transformed for your glory and those around us are falling at their knees, repenting for their sins. What does it look like for the city of Chicago to repent for their sins, oh God? That you would come and change your way when they repent from their hearts. What does it look like, God? When it starts here, in our hearts. What does it look like? When we move and step with you.
We read it. We study it. God, what does it look like? Holy Spirit, show us in the name of Jesus. Let today be a day where we see from you, Lord God, when we get vision from you, Lord God, when we hear your voice, Lord God. Come on, let's stir up the spirit right now. Let's stir up the spirit right now. Just you and God, just you and God. Stir it up, stir it up. Oh, you're not a magician, Lord. You're not a magician, Lord. You're all-powerful. You're all-knowing. You're everlasting. You're ever-present, God. Holy Spirit, come and do what only you can do. Come and do what only you can do. Search our hearts, Lord. Search our hearts, Lord. Search our hearts, Lord, that we be right with you. Holy Spirit, come. Come on, come on, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep stirring it up. Keep stirring it up. Keep stirring it up. Holy Spirit, come. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. I hope you're expecting. I hope you're expecting to hear a word from him because he's going to give you something.
Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. anybody has a word in their heart, if anybody has a word from God for this body right here, please share it now. Maybe you have a hymn, a sound. Oh, keep yourself pure you'll be a special utensil for honorable use your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work and even before that it says in a wealthy home some utensils are made of gold and silver and some are made of wood and clay the expensive utensils are used for special occasions and the cheap ones are for everyday use. But again, if you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, are you ready to be used? Are you ready to be pured? Are you ready to be used? You're pure already. When you said yes to Jesus, he made you whole. He made you clean, white as snow. I think it's just so beautiful how that clarification was. The gold and silver are used for special occasions, but the, the wood and the ones that are, you know, dingy or whatever, they're used for daily use. Listen, my friends, I know that gold and silver, silver looks so great and looks so good, but I'd rather be dingy, I'd rather be wood and be used daily than to be gold, to be used for only special occasions. 
daily, daily to be used at home, in my workplace, on the street, in ministry, daily, daily used. Oh, may you accept that word today. May you say yes to the Lord. May you say, God, make me ready so that I could be used by you. Oh, Rebecca, Jesus. Hallelujah. I think just going back on what Cielo was saying earlier today in transition, that God doesn't make mistakes. He does not make mistakes. Listen, as we move forward as humans, we will make mistakes. But God makes all things work for his glory. When we walk, when we walk on this earth, we're going to trip and fall because we won't see the crack that's before us. But let me tell you, my friends, God is so good that he will pick us right back up. And that mistake of falling that scraped our knee or broke our leg will not change the path that God has put us on. When we get back up and lift our hands to him. But when we stay down, when we stay defeated... When we beat ourselves up saying, oh, I didn't do it perfect. I didn't do it correctly. That's where we lose. That's where we lose hearing from God. Don't beat yourselves up. Don't beat yourselves down. We are vessels of the Holy Spirit. We are filled with the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit to go and change this nation for his glory. For the glory of God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father God, I just thank you for this time in your presence. I thank you for your Holy Spirit who dwells in us. It doesn't come upon us and leave. It dwells inside of us. Lord, I pray that every single person who heard this word would submit to you. That it would stir them up, Lord God. I pray that every word that went forth that was from you, Lord, will stick with us, Lord God, will lift us up, will build us up, Lord God, and everything that was not of you, Lord, will fall and roll off the shoulders, Lord God. But I pray, Father, that today would be the day when many who are saying, I'm done with this, will turn back to you and come running back to you, Father God. Where many who are running in circles will begin to run on a straight path, Lord God. For many who are just playing church, Lord God, would wake up and see the serious position, the serious job, the serious task that they have said yes to, Lord God. I pray, Father, for the Christians in this place to put on the armor of God and to continue to walk with the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness the sword of the spirit, the belt of truth around their waist, Lord God, that they would be ready, Father God. I pray that they would turn to the psalm, Lord God, where it says that you cover them. Psalm 91, Lord God, that you cover them, that you protect them from the arrow by day and the pestilence by night, Lord God, because they say yes to you and take refuge in you, Lord God. I pray, Father, that they would see that they are covered right now, covered by you. In Jesus' name, Lord, have your way, Father God, in our hearts and in our minds, that we will love you and serve you all the days of our life, knowing that we are one with you right now. And we anticipate that day when we stand in your glory and celebrate in victory. Continue the party knowing that you have won the victory and you are victorious right now. 
and forever. And nothing could ever take that away. So, Lord, have your way in our minds and in our hearts. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Let's give it up for Jesus.